Welcome back to the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. It's your host, Josh Peach, joined alongside as usual with Brendan Jones. Brendan, how are we doing? Pretty good. I just made some dinner, um, kind of chefing it up. I made uh, this tomato bisque with grilled cheese and sautéed onions, like, in the grilled cheese. So, all the ladies listening, I'm looking for a wife in the next five to ten years. If you need a husband, I'm a perfect suitor. Get you a man that can cook, right, Brendan? <laughs> hey, that's what they say, John. Uh, how you doing? Uh, not too bad myself. Going to make some pasta here soon. Uh, feeling pretty good about that. Been a long day. I've been, you know, every single week, uh, Monday through Thursday, classes, uh, other writing stuff for journalism. You know, it's kind of getting busy, but it's, I mean, being busy is good. It's all about how you spend your free time. So, all right. Well, uh, in a couple of days here, Illinois has got a pretty big matchup, but we haven't talked about the last three games. We've seen some pretty low moments out of this team and some pretty high ones. So we'll start, what, unfortunately, with one of the lower moments. Illinois played at Maryland about nine, ten days ago and were an absolute disappointment. It was close for about the first 35 minutes, and then Maryland broke away. Illinois struggled without Kofi Coburn to score, and their defenses didn't look, you know, as good as it usually did. And they lost by 16 points, which is bad for a team that you beat by double digits the game before, but the circumstances were different. Brennan, it was not a good game. What uh, what did you see from that game that, you know, we haven't seen here recently? Right. I mean, you kind of glossed over it. You said, like, they lost by 15 points, but they were down three with seven minutes left. So it's not only that they lost by 15 points, it's that, the game was a close game, and and granted, uh, obviously, you had key guys not play, right? You had uh, Kofi Coburn obviously did not play. Um, Andre Cabello did not play. Two, two guys that are very, very important to your Illinois offense, and one guy who's crucial to your Illinois defense, they didn't play. But it's not – and I we talked about this the last game. It's, it's not that this team is bad without Kofi Coburn. It's – I don't know what it is. Like sometimes they just don't show up. And I think watching that Maryland game, what was more frustrating watching that game wasn't that they lost, right? Maryland's a hard place. Any away place is a, is a hard place to play. And it's that they were in that situation where they're losing two of their top guys. They were, were in the game until like five minutes left, like you said, but not only, you know, did they lose the game, they lost by 15 when, if they would have lost, if they should have lost a game, it should have been by like three. You know what I mean? Like it, it was one of those games where it was like they were really close and they had an opportunity when their backs were against the wall, they're losing key guys to steal a, a, a road win. And instead of, you know, keeping it close and then attacking at the end, they kept it close and then just got dismantled um, in the last five minutes, which is just, it's, it's hard because I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that from this Illinois team where just like I've seen them lose leads, but just the fact where they're, they're in a game where maybe they shouldn't even really be in that game. And then at the end, they just kind of just, I don't know, leave it, leave it and let it explode. What did, what did you think about that game? Yeah, I mean, it was frustrating. Like you said, they were only down three with seven minutes left. I remember it being close for the first 35 minutes. And as much as I thought that they were going to struggle to score without Kofi, it wasn't that bad at first. I mean, Plummer had 18, Trent had 13. I'm pretty sure Grandison, yeah, he had 14 points. That was one of the last good shooting games that he's had. So they were actually able to score the ball. Right. But the biggest problem was on the defensive side of the ball. Like, like we said, I mean, Donta Scott came off the bench and scored 25. He had a huge game against Illinois last time. And it was Eric Ayala, the guard, who I thought was going to torture us. But he only had nine points. But unfortunately, 
four Terrapins ended up having double figures, which you just cannot allow, especially in an environment like that. I mean, College Park, I believe it is. Uh, It's a very tough place to play. But that's part of it. They didn't even have the best crowd out. It was a late arriving crowd, as some of the Illinois beat journalists would say. (laughs) And they were noisy, but there weren't a ton of them there. I thought Illinois had a chance to sneak away a road win. But when you don't play defense, you're not going to win a game. 81 points is the third most they've given up this year. And you just can't do that, especially on the road in the Big Ten. Let me correct myself. Corello did play in that game. Uh, got my games mixed up. Obviously, he's been in and out um, this yeah. season. But, I, I mean, even when he did play, he's one for six from from the field goal. Um, he, he had four points, four fouls, uh, three turnovers. Not not the greatest Andre Corbello game, especially the, the game after he played in that Purdue game, really, really phenomenally, his, his comeback game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just a bad shooting. I mean, they shot 39% from the field. They shot 39%. 31% from the three-point line. I mean, you know, your guys that, you know, I mean, I mean Trent Frazier and, and um, Alfonso Plummer didn't have, like, phenomenal games. I mean, Plummer put up 18, but he took 14 shots to get there. BBV was okay, but obviously, like, when he when he's a, in your starting lineup, you're limited offensively and even defensively at times, even though he's kind of stepped up. Grandison had a good game, um, but DeMonte went 0 for 5. Like, you know, 0 for 4 from the three, like – just not a good performance. And and I think we talked about this game last week when we did the podcast and we, we said, if people show up and play the game that they can play, they'll win this game. And people didn't show up. And for the, a lot of the game, they were in it, but at the end it falls apart. Like, you know, and, and that's what happens when you don't have your, your anchor on the offensive defensive end. And, you know, that's what happens when guys struggle and you can't, you can't make field goals. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes teams just have a bad game. I mean, we just saw Kansas lose at home to Kentucky by double digits. Like some teams just have bad games, but it's just hard to argue in Illinois' favor when, like you said, it's so close the whole time. And at the end, it just looked like the effort like fell through the floor. I don't know what it was. And I remember when we were on the podcast last time previewing the game, I thought that Coleman Hawkins was going to come in and defend Donta Scott. I thought that both of them were going to come off the bench and hopefully cover each other. And actually Coleman came in the game and had five quick points after that. Mm -hmm. Couldn't make a shot under what has not been giving him as many minutes as he's had in the beginning of the year, because he doesn't like what he sees on the floor and Coleman couldn't cover him uh, because he wasn't in the game and DeMonte couldn't cover him. Grandison couldn't cover him. They didn't have an answer. And a dude comes off the bench and scores 20 plus points. You're not going to win when you do that. And it's tough. And obviously, like you said, Carbello played, he wasn't very efficient. I'm not sure there's much left to say about the Maryland game besides that. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't leave a good taste in your mouth. No, no. So 40 minutes before the Michigan state game, who's a top 10 team in the country coming off a top 10 win. (laughs) When you see you're going to play them, not only without Kofi Coburn because he started concussion, but also Andre Carbello because he entered health and safety protocols. I was not feeling very good. uh, Going into that game, Brennan, I'm sure you can relate to that. Oh no, I thought they were going to get smacked, bro. (laughs) Yep. And they didn't. And what happened was, uh, you know, a combination of just really, really good Illinois defense and just terrible, terrible Michigan State uh, play. They, you know, that it was like one of those games where you're like, this is just ugly. It kind of reminded me of Big Ten football. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of punts, a lot of field goals, a lot of, um, you know, running the ball in third and long to get better. You know what I mean? Just like not not really pretty. And that's kind of how that Michigan State game felt. I mean, in the first half, Michigan State only put up 20 points. Um, 
and you had a when we you had last time we talked you had a you had a phrase for that the Virginia head coach yeah they did a Tony Bennett the Tony Bennett they they did Tony Bennett yeah. and, and that was phenomenal so they were up 14 at the half which just shouldn't have happened and you know based on on paper it shouldn't have happened and this team is talented they have guys like Plummer and Frazier who can score the heck out of the ball and everything but it's a top 10 team in the, in the country and it's a team that not only is top 10 because, you know, they're Michigan State, but they weren't ranked to begin the season. They built that up to, to be top 10. So this is a team that I don't really think Illinois should have been hanging with when they're losing um, Kofi Coburn and Carbello, who didn't play. That was his first game in, in health and safety protocols. Um, but they, they fought, and, and they played a really, really good first half. The second half kind of – it flipped. They almost got, um, you know, Tony Bennett on the on the other end. They, they escaped it by two points. But – yeah, I, I think that that's one of those tough games. That's one of those really tough games that's going to look really, really good at the end of the year. Um, you know, you were without your best player and a very, very important player, uh, and, and you you got the job done. And you got the job done, you know, more importantly, in a, in a game where nobody really expected you to get the job done. Yeah, so I was uh, two rows behind the basket, and I got there early because I wanted to be down low and all that stuff. And I think it was about 40 minutes before the game where they announced it. So I was sitting next to my friends and I was like, do we even want to be here right now? Like, do we really want to see this happen? Because they hadn't been scoring the ball well. Their defense hadn't been good. Michigan State had, you know, Gabe Brown, who on paper is a very bad matchup. Max Christie is a lot of fun to watch. I did not think there was a chance. But then, like you said, you come in, you go up by 14 in the first half. But now let's think back to some other big games Illinois had at home. They were up double digits in the first half against uh, Arizona earlier this year. Back to my uh, freshman year, I'm a junior, so two years ago when there were fans. Maryland, they were up double digits in the first half. Illinois has done this against teams where they've gone up double digits in the first half because maybe it's the hype of the crowd. Maybe they come out hot. I don't know what it is. And they did come out hot, but they've had a tendency to blow it. So when you're up by 10 with 10 minutes left in the game and you only score four points, in the next 10 minutes, yeah, yeah you think you're going to lose. But luckily, they built up such a lead before and played such good defense that they were able to hang on. But like you said, it just was not pretty. It was one of those games where you're, like, covering your eyes. If you're not a Michigan State fan, you're thinking it's gross. And, I mean, for as well as they played in the first half, considering the circumstances, I didn't feel great about the win. I think they could have won by more. I think they should have won by more. I'm happy they got the win against one of the best teams, but it wasn't great. That's a – that's a take. That's a take right there, Josh. I I don't know if I'm happy about the win as much as I'm like, y'all shouldn't have won and y'all y'all did win. And I don't know if that makes me happy. If it if it I think it felt more like a survival game, if that makes sense. Like it's like you lose to yeah. Purdue and that's fine. But then you lose to Maryland. And then oh you lose to Michigan State. You're then on a three-game losing streak. I don't think they could have, not that they couldn't survive that, but that's something that's tough. You don't want three-game losing streaks. You don't. Good programs don't have it. You don't want it, regardless of who you're playing. Um, so I think this their survivability and the fact that they were able to do that was really good. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a game they should have won. I don't know by double digits, but they, it should have been around 10. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't have been at the end, um, you know, they're hoping for missed free throws. They're, they're turning the ball over it and stuff. Like, I, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I should correct myself a little bit. Like, Trent scores 10 the first half. He has two very big, like, driving, contested layups in the 
middle of the first part of the second half when they were in a slump. But unfortunately, Trent went cold. And when Illinois needed someone to pick them up against Nebraska and Michigan, Trent was that guy. and He was able to do it. So he's allowed to, you know, go cold for the second half of the second half one time when his team needs him. But you don't have Kofi. So someone else needs to step up. And unfortunately, no one else was able to do that. Plummer hit some threes early in the second half, but couldn't get anything to fall. Grandison, it just seemed like he was missing shot after shot. And you know, DeMonte wasn't going to do anything offensively. And that was pretty much it. So, like I said, to score four points over a 10 minute span was just super ugly. And then Trent gets fouled with six seconds left up two. He misses the front end of a one and one. Yeah. And if Malik Hall doesn't miss that free throw at the end, you're going to overtime. And I'll tell you what, they were not winning that game in overtime. I can almost guarantee you that. Right. So, Obviously, it's great to hold on considering the circumstances, a top 10 win without your best player and a crafty guard is awesome. But it just shows that they do have some underlying issues because what if Carmelo stays out? There's no guarantee he plays any game the rest of the year considering what's been happening. So if Kofi's in foul trouble and Trent's off, who can win you a game? You always need a third guy. And I'm questioning right now if they have that third guy. I'm not too confident. Yeah, I think what we've been talking about since the beginning of the year really is who's that third guy. And it started to emerge with kind of a plumber, Frazier tandem. Even Grandison was really good in the beginning of the year. He's since cooled down. I mean, in that Michigan State game, he was two for nine, one for seven from the three. Um, And statistically, in the beginning of the year, he was one of the best players in the nation. Obviously not. Actually, but statistically, he he was putting up really, really good numbers and, you know, all, all those. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't know what the – it's hard because this team is so weird because they face so many health issues, because they face so many roadblocks, because they face suspensions, because they face, you know, this, that, and the third. We rarely, rarely, rarely see this team at full health. We rarely see this team at full strength. We rarely see that. I don't know the last time we've seen them in a a full health in a matchup that we liked. I mean, you could say the Purdue game, but – Eh, barely and and that's not even a matchup that they they really like like that so we haven't seen this team full healthy pretty much all year and I'm I don't know if I'm ready to say they don't have that third guy because I do believe that you know when you have Kofi it opens the floor up for so much more right like it opens the floor up you know and in every game except for that Zach Eady game right it opens the floor for Plummer it opens the floor for Trent Frazier it opens the floor for uh Grandison um and then even even when Curbelo gets back, the, his best like you know partner is is, is Kofi Coburn. They they use the pick and roll well. Um, Curbelo is one of the best entry pass guys that they have here in the post. So I I think that the, there's still a lot of hope for this team, a lot of bright side. Um, but it, it is worrisome. Like it, it's weird because I feel like expectations for this team were really high, not necessarily when the season started. But, like, towards the middle of it, when they went on that, like, five- or six-game winning streak, like, people were like, oh, like, this is going to be the best team in the Big Ten. They're going to compete with Purdue. And I don't think this team is here yet. Um, Obviously, we'll see what they are against Wisconsin, who I believe is a much more even thing than them in Purdue. But I don't know. It's a weird weird team because so many people have missed so much time. Yeah. So I totally agree with you there. If Curbelo gets back to – fully healthy and plays his best. Kofi doesn't get hurt again. Everyone else is in there. I do believe they'll find, you know, the main core guys that they can go to at the end of the game and they will find their groove. 
unfortunately, the schedule's not getting any easier, especially after that Northwestern game that we're about to talk about. But you got to look at it as a positive because that means they can try and find their groove against tough competition. You have road games against teams like Indiana, Wisconsin. Um, I know they play Iowa again. Like there are some, I know they play Ohio State too. Like you have a lot of good competition, especially a game at Mackey is going to feel like a tournament game. So they have time to pick it up. Uh, a lot of those games are hard. One of those games that wasn't supposed to be as difficult was the game Illinois played two days ago on Saturday at Northwestern. They win the game 59-56. Kofi returns. He's their only player in double figure, I believe. Yep, 22 points and nine rebounds. No one else at double figures. Plummer was in foul trouble, and they had to rely on two guys that you usually don't see and RJ Melendez and Brandon Pajemski to play big minutes. And luckily, the two freshmen came through. And if they don't, Illinois might not win that game. Yeah, and uh, shout out to the one, DeMonte Williams, who – we, he's not a scorer. He's not an offensive threat. I mean, I know last year he he got a lot of open shots from three, and he made a lot of them in the beginning, uh, in the beginning of that season. Um, but he took one shot against Northwestern, and it was probably the biggest shot of of the game when Kofi missed the layup, and he put he puts it back through traffic, and and I think puts them up two or three at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was gonna ask you about this, and I'm glad I waited until now. Um, against against Michigan State, Luke Goody looked really good, right? You even heard Tom Izzo talk about him. Luke Goody's a guy that we wanted, we recruited, and um, he's a good player. Uh, Pajemski's gotten a little bit more minutes. RJ Melendez had some really good minutes um, in this Northwestern game. This, the, this, this three-headed tandem that, you know, are the freshman class, we talked a lot about them. We talked a lot about their potential. About halfway through the season, their minutes have gone up and down over the last couple of games. Their minutes have been a little up. Josh, what are you thinking about this, this, this group of freshmen right now? I wrote about this when I did my recap of the game against Northwestern when I gave out grades. By the way, DeMonte Williams was my player of the game. DeMonte was awesome. The putback dunk was so timely. It was great. Going back to the freshmen, though, I really like that in two games that Illinois wasn't able to score a ton of points in because once again, Illinois only scored 56 points against Northwestern, which is not what we expected at all. They could come in and get not only minutes, but points from these freshmen. Luke Goody scored nine against Michigan State. RJ had six and B-Pods had five against Northwestern. In previous years, we've seen the freshmen have a much bigger role for Illinois because they haven't been as talented as skilled this year they might be as skilled but they've been missing guys so when they've had to rely on three different freshmen and actually have them come through and help win games for them I love it because how are these guys supposed to get better and learn this year if they're not actually on the court because let's face it Illinois is losing probably their whole regular starting lineup next year so at least one of these guys probably two are going to have to come in and start so to see these guys actually performing getting big minutes you know whether it's against a top 10 team in Michigan State or a road environment in the Big Ten and come through is awesome. Melendez was aggressive. He was dunking the ball, played good defense. B-Pods had a huge three when they were down five points with about five minutes left when you thought that Northwestern could go on a run. Even though we haven't seen these three freshmen a ton this year, I'm loving what they've been doing for the team. For sure. I mean, like, I mean, you said it the best. They have had very limited minutes and it it was kind of exciting having them come in. They're all kind of, not similar players, but similar length, similar, similar um, type body builds. 
all of them, you know, have shown flashes when they were, you know, preps when they could shoot the ball really well. They could all drive well. Luke Goody's my favorite right now, um, but he gets the most minutes. He plays the most impactful. People talk about his IQ, his leadership already, and he's 18, 19 years old. So that's a big thing. I'm, I'm excited to see where this, this three go. I don't know if they're the cornerstones. I don't know, you know, we'll probably have to see them be more of that rotational type guys, guys that, that fill in your roster for three, four, five years. Um, but it, I, I think I, I like the direction they're going. I, I just had to get that in there um, because you, with, with a team that this, that is this old, you, you don't get to see those guys a lot. But like you said, a year from now, they're going to be the guys who two, at least two of them are starting. My, my guess would be Lou Goody and um, Melendez will be starting. Same. Um so, so it's it's nice to get a look at them. It's nice to see, you know, how they're how they're going to play. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Demonte Williams was the player of the game. He he does so much more than just score, and I think people forget about that. But like that Purdue game, his defense was ridiculous on Jay Nivey in the half court. I mean, Jay Nivey, he he had a bunch of points because he made it to the free throw line a lot, but he struggled offensively throughout most of that game. Um, and a lot of that is because Demonte Williams is just a menace on defense, um, and he bring he brings it every night. I mean, he had nine rebounds in that game. He had three assists, uh, only one foul, and you know he was three for four from the line. And he had the biggest shot of the game. So, like you said, this is a game they should have won by a lot more. And it's frustrating because you know Kofi was back. Obviously, when you miss a couple games, obviously when it's a head injury, you don't know where his health is at. Hopefully. You know, they've had some issues with concussions over the years. You'd hope that, you know, he was fully healthy. I, I wouldn't doubt it he was, but still coming back after a couple games missed, um, it's got to be tough for him. So I, I think, and he didn't even have a bad game, but I just think having that rhythm uh, with your with your best player, having him back, that, that messes up everybody else's, else's rhythm. So it'll be interesting about, you know, how they play Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, Kofi still – I mean, in my grades, like, Kofi got an A. He was awesome. DeMonte only took one shot. The thing right now, Brendan, is they are in a shooting slump. I mean, mm-hmm. after shooting so well to start the year, guys have slowed down. One of those guys that look like I look at is 100% Jacob Grandison. He was over three again against Northwestern. His last seven games, he's averaging an extremely inefficient seven points per game, which is – five points down from his first 12 games, which is not good. Six points, excuse me. They shot 27.8% on the night. If you take away two threes from Plummer and two threes from Trent, which by the way, were the only shots that each of them made. Mm-hmm. I mean, Grandison was over three from three. Uh, Coleman Hawkins missed one. B pods was one for two. And then Luke Goody was over one. They're just not shooting the ball well right now. And we know that this, t- this team especially with Andre Corbello not on the court. When you get the ball into Kofi, if he gets double teamed, they're going to live or die from the three-point line. So when you don't shoot well, that's why they played Northwestern so close. If they would have shot, you know, that poorly against Michigan State or if they had against Purdue, that game would have been as close. And if they don't shoot well this coming week against Wisconsin and Indiana, I don't see them winning either of their next two games. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this Wisconsin matchup is going to be tough, and we can talk about that in a second. But – the shooting slump is apparent. It's apparent. Yeah. And it's only apparent, not because they're just in a slump, but because, like you said, of how hot they were coming out. I mean, like, it looked, Plummer looked like he was going to just take the league by storm. And not that he hasn't, he's been really, really good. Um, but just his first few games, you're like, man, this man is a legit shooter. Like, he can really 
put it up. Trent Frazier had moments like that. Grandison, like we've said time and time again, was so, so, so good in the beginning of the year. And all of them are in a slump at the same time. And I don't know what that means basketball-wise. Not the greatest basketball mind. I don't know if that's something scheming-wise. I don't know if that's something confidence-wise. I don't know if it's just the middle of the year. And, you know, they've taken a couple tough losses. And, you know, they're looking for their identity again. I don't know what that means. But it, it's there. It's a fact. You can look at the stats. Like you said, they have to they have to find a way to rebound. And, I mean, this, this team coming from Madison is – is a legit team. This is a team that, you know, I love to slander because, you know, they're the, they're the neighbors up there. I have a bunch of friends that go there, but they're, they're a legit, really good basketball team. And so I, I don't know if they, like you said, if they win this game, if they come out shooting like they have been in the last five games. Yeah, absolutely. Because what I was going to say about the three freshmen is that Goody, Goody's going to play anyways. I think I think no matter who they play this year, Goody will get on the floor because he's a good defender, he's a leader, and he makes shots, right? He's 6'6". He's one of the bigger guys on the team as far as the guards go, and we'll always see him. The two guys that we aren't going to see, in my opinion, against bigger teams and or in the Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament, which they're going to get to, are Melendez and Podzemski. So when Plummer was in foul trouble against Northwestern and Grandison wasn't shooting well, Brad called upon him because he thought that Northwestern was a good game to get them some big minutes and they performed. Those two aren't going to be available to have a big game against Wisconsin or Indiana, unless they have the game of their lives, which we cannot expect from them. They're freshmen that haven't played that much. So I agree with you. If they continue to, you know, stay in this slump against Wisconsin, it's going to be really tough because Wisconsin's coached by Greg Gard, who I actually like not a ton of people like him, but I do. They have Johnny Davis, who you know is going to give you at least 20 points per game. And they have tough guards that play defense because that's Wisconsin's identity. I don't think Wisconsin's going to be able to handle Kofi as well as other teams have because they're not as big. But regardless, if Illinois guards don't have a good game, it's going to be super tough against a good defensive team. And also, I just want to point out real quick that Illinois – since uh, Purdue, where they scored 88 points in double OT, 65 against Maryland, 55 against Michigan State, 59 against Northwestern. They have not had more than 65 points in the last three games, which is very unlike them, especially what we saw in the beginning of the year. They're slumping in every way besides sure. Kofi, and it's not pretty, and it's not going to win you big, big 10 games. 100%. On this Wisconsin game, we talk about it all the time. And it's been pretty much the case for the last three, four years. Illinois struggles defensively against forwards and bigger guards that are just really, really good offensively. And the fact that they have Johnny Davis coming, who 21.4 points a game, leads the team in scoring. Eight rebounds a game, leads the team in rebounds. Two and a half assists a game, leads the team in assists. And I think like one and a half steals a game, one and a half steals game and he leads his team he does everything for this wisconsin Badgers team he's the go-to guy he's the guy that sets up everybody else he's the guy that plays defense he's everything for this team and this could go one of two ways this could go you know kind of like you know ron harper jr where when they played records at the beginning of the season where they can you know they can work him and they can they can take him out of the game and then Wisconsin will struggle or can go like, you know, times we've seen before in other games where if Johnny Davis has, you know, 20, 25, almost 30, probably, which he can have, cause I don't know who defends him on this team right now. Um, 
man, it, it's going to be a tough, it's, it's a tough way to like it. That's, this is a tough team to beat. And like you said, I don't know who defends Kobe Coburn in this game. Um, I'm sure they'll figure this will be a real test to see if Kofi has improved uh, passing out of the post. He's going to catch double teams. He's going to catch, you know, hands reaching in, see how many turnovers he piles up. I think that he's improved from that position. We'll see. Um, but like you said, I mean, this has to be a good game for everybody. Everybody has to come out that slope. And I hope, I hope the way that Kofi, that they defend Kofi kind of pushes towards that, because if they double team him, if they triple team him, guys are going to get open shots. And if Kofi can make those passes, all you got to do is make the open shots. And this even goes on the, on the, on the rebounding end, right? Like the most, the most uh, high percentage three point, uh, you know, attempts are, are off offensive rebounds. So if Kofi dominates the boards on both ends, it allows people to get shots. It allows people to, to see better looks, better open looks. With that being said though, they also have to defend Johnny Davis because he's just a menace. He's great. He's, he's, he's a dog. He's one of the best guards in the big 10. And if you don't stop him, if you don't at least slow, I don't know if you stop him, but if you don't at least slow him down and make his life hard, you know, cause him to have some inefficiencies and cause him to, to make some stupid turnovers, stupid plays, it's going to be a long night on Wednesday. Yeah, I agree with you. As far as guarding Johnny Davis goes, I expect it to be DeMonte covering him. That might be obvious, but the reason I think it is because against Michigan State, he covered Gabe Brown, who, like you said, Illinois struggles against stretch fours. That's the main person that's killed him. EJ Lydell, for example, has mm -hmm. killed us in the past. Ron Harper, besides when Coleman had the best defensive game of his life this year, has absolutely killed Illinois in the past. So DeMonte comes in on Gabe Brown and he plays good defense. He held him to 10 points on somewhat efficient shooting, but that's what you got to do against good teams. You got to slow down their best players so that they don't kill you. Johnny Davis, 21.4 points per game, and he's shooting 44% from the field and 35% from three. Those are both really, really, really good. They rely on him a lot. So I think it'll be DeMonte to cover him. And if he holds him, if he holds him 20 or less, great. I know at the end of the Northwestern game, DeMonte actually won on Pete Nance, their big guy that scored 20 plus points. And on two possessions in a row, he missed a shot and looked too rattled to take a shot. Shout out DeMonte, one of the best things he does. I'll rip on him forever about doing nothing offensively besides the occasional pull-back dunk. But his defense <laughs> is always there. So if he can slow Johnny Davis down, I think Illinois is in good shape because let's look at the rest of the roster real quick. Brad Davidson, 15.7 points per game. I have a feeling Trent's going to guard him. He's 6'4", so he's a little bigger than Trent. But this is the type of guy that Trent does good work on. It's great having an awesome defensive point guard. I know – Brad was really mad that he wasn't on that defensive player of the year list. I agree with him. He should be on it. He'll probably cover Davidson. Tyler Wall is their, you know, big guy forward. He's averaging 10.8 points per game, which is good. He's 6'9", 210, 220-ish. Um, so I'm guessing that that might be the tough matchup because Stephen Crowell is seven foot two thirty-four. Wisconsin's other big guy who's averaging nine points per game. So Kofi's going to cover him. So Tyler Wall is going to be a guy that you got to keep the lookout for. Is it going to be Grandison covering him? Is Coleman going to come off the bench? Are we going to try and put two big guys on the floor at the same time? Is DeMonte going to cover him and Grandison or someone else is going to try Davis? I don't know. But it's not the perfect, you know, matchup situation for Illinois because of those two somewhat tall guys. On the other end, I think Illinois, if they – are shooting the ball well, they're going to win because I don't see either of those big guys doing a great job on Kofi. It's usually not the scheme that bothers Kofi. It's the person. So even though Stephen Crowell is 
seven feet. Uh, so is Kofi, and he's about 60, 50 more points. I'm sorry, pounds heavier than him. I think Kofi will be fine. They just got to shoot the ball well and try and find a way to slow down Davis as well as one of the two big guys, and I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I agree with everything you said. This just – like you said, like I'm still stuck on that slump. I'm still stuck on, yeah. you know, like – For sure. How apparent it is. It really – it's tough because it's coming to that stretch. And luckily what's good for Illinois is over the last few seasons, they've really been solid down the stretch. Um, I know last year they, they won like 12 of their last 13, 13, last 14, something like that into the big 10 tournament a couple of years ago before, um, you know, big 10 sports were shut down because of COVID they, they really were on the upswing. Um, so I have faith in this team. I have faith in, Brad Underwood I have faith in everybody to kind of get it together and realize hey like we're playing for seating we're playing for positioning especially seating because last year um in, in the NCAA tournament seating was so important to them they were in a tough division even if they beat Loyola um which was a really good team last year even if they had beat them they were they were facing you know between like Oklahoma State and somebody else really good teams seating is really important where you where you end up so what side of the bracket whatever that's going to be important. Those that hinges on these games coming up. So like, I have faith in this team to do it. I have faith. I think they're experienced. Um, but yeah, they just got to dig themselves out of this slump. And I don't know where it comes from. I think this can be a game. And if they if they can show up offensively and, and really dominate this game, take hold of the Big Ten, be fir- in first place, undisputed, then it'd be great and it'd, it'd be a really big game for them. But I can see it's tough because I can see this going either way. You know what I mean? And especially because just Johnny Davis has just been so good this year. Yeah, Johnny Davis, clear national player of the year candidate. I'm with you. I mean, like you said, have they been able to figure out, you know, getting their groove at the end of the year? Yes, but I really don't think, Brent, that the schedule has been this hard. I just want to – I'm going to read off the rest of the schedule. We have home against Wisconsin, who's the 11th-ranked team in the country. Then Saturday we're at Indiana. Mm -hmm. Then you go at Purdue. That's a really tough two-game stretch. Home against Northwestern, you hope you play better in that one. Then another really tough two-game stretch. You're at Rutgers, who beat Purdue when they were number one in the country at the rack, and at Michigan State, really hard to beat a team twice. Your break is a home game against 16th-ranked Ohio State. Then you're at Michigan, who isn't playing as well, but I do have a feeling they're going to get it together at the end of the year. Obviously, road game in the Big Ten is going to be tough. Then you have home against Penn State and home against Iowa. So your last two are going to be easy. Mm-hmm. But that is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game stretch where seven of the games, in my opinion, are really, really, really tough. So if they get it together at the end of the Big Ten and win, say, six of those games, that'd be awesome. But you're asking them to get, you know, find their groove against tough. probably the toughest remaining schedule in the Big Ten, if I've looked at it properly, one of them at least. Yeah, I. that's why it's tough. It's going to be a tough one. I don't really know how this season ends it's because also you're looking for you know that number one guard you're looking for that yeah because that's the difference right like in the past couple years yeah you've been better at the end but you've had a guy who's now a really really good rookie in the NBA and a guy who probably should have won in the first round you don't have that talent level at the guard position at least right now so I don't know I don't know what happens well if Carballo comes back he'll help but for now we don't have him we don't know if he's playing tomorrow night I'm sorry, on Wednesday night, but Brad Underwood's a good coach. I have faith. Um, we'll wrap yeah. this up here, but first we got to do a score prediction as usual. Brennan, 18 versus 11 for first place in the Big Ten. It's an 8 o'clock game, so I expect there to be easy sellout because it's a little later. 
Yeah, but uh, it's supposed they, to get, it was yeah, supposed to get a foot and a half of snow that day. Oh, you're right. That's right. So maybe it won't be. Maybe the atmosphere won't be there, Brendan. Does that change your prediction? No. All right. Orange Crush is going to be bad. I don't – bro, we go to school here. People are going to show up for that game. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. No, the fans school. will for sure. Yeah. The fans will. At least the students will. Yeah. I'll be there. I know you will. Will you cover? Um, my score prediction for this game, I think it's a close one. I think it's a tight one. And I think Johnny Davis is going off. I think he struggles a little at first, and he kind of yeah. gets it. He kind of gets it going at the end. He's making big shots. Then Kofi has his normal 23, 24, 25, and 12. A few blocks, a few big blocks for Kofi Coburn. I think we see some – I think we see some Omar Payne minutes, too. I'm feeling an Omar Payne – not an Omar Payne game, but like a – oh, man, Omar Payne. Like, I kind of forgot about him. Um, <clears throat> Corbello should be out of health and safety protocols, I would assume. By that point, uh, you know, we'll see. If yeah. he is, if he's not, it doesn't change my prediction. Um, I see Plummer hitting a game-winning shot as time expires and Illinois winning 84 to 81. Wow. Plummer. Shout out to Omar Payne and BBV. They played great against Michigan State. Facts. Um, see, I don't think it's going to be that dramatic, but I do think it's going to be about that close. I totally agree with you. What you said, Johnny Davis might be a little rattled at first, but he'll find his groove. Will Illinois go up 10 in the first half or, or double digits in the first half and try and blow it? Probably. I am going to say that they hang on again, though. I'm going to go a little bit lower scoring, though. I'm going to say Illinois wins 74 to 70. Mm. I like that. Yeah, Kofi will have a good game. Johnny Davis is going to score his points, but I don't think Wisconsin is going to hurt us too bad. They got to find a way to score 74. That's what I think. 74, yeah. 75. They, they got to get above 70. If they do that, I think they're in good shape because Wisconsin's not going to kill you offensively. But Johnny Davis, man. Johnny Davis. That's the name. Johnny Davis. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of the Daily Line Sports Podcast. Brendan, thank you as always for being on. Uh, for Brendan and Josh, we are signing off.